0: This message was recorded live at Life Church, Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanx.org we're continuing in our theme, the process of transformation. Now, last week, we talked about being Christ-like, and uh, it's, if it was yesterday, you remember it with incredible clarity, even if you weren't here because you've listened to it on the podcast Yeah. Uh, yeah, being Christ-like. So we're talking about how that is a process of us becoming Christ-like. And we, three words: Lordship, freedom, growth. Okay, you're just shy. You've not forgotten. You just, you're just shy. You? I can tell. So, lordship, freedom, and growth. We talk about the lordship of Christ. That's where we. That's our base, where we start from. So Jesus is Lord, and He's Lord of our lives. That's where we start from. We talked about freedom from sin, freedom to live well for God, and we talked about growth. We talked about the fact that we are constantly growing more Christ-like. It's a process. And that's where we're at. So today, I want to talk about in part two of the process of transformation. Part two is following part one. I know. The process of transformation. Come on, I need you to warm up a bit. I preach better when you, you know, I've got a bit more response. It's just maybe I'm insecure, but that's just the way it is. So the process of transformation, and we're looking at a theological word called sanctification. Sanctification. Now, when you hear a word like that, I think, flip, you know, that's, is, is that something for a, a college or a, a university? Well, we're going to shine some light on this concept, which I hope is going to help us all. It certainly helped me and uh, as I've studied this week. But sanctification is... Uh, a general term we can use the term sanctification to transform. It is the state of proper functioning. To sanctify someone or something is to set that person or thing apart for the use intended by its designer. So set apart for the use intended by its designer, or in our terms, set apart for use by our creator. So We believe God created us, and we are set apart for that. That's what sanctification means. An example of that is a pen. So here's a pen. You will have many of them uh, at home, except when you're looking for one to write a note when someone's on the phone. You'll have loads of these. And uh, this pen, when it is used to write, which is saying, preach harder, get more response. So when you're using this, this is sanctified. If I'm using it to pick my nose, you don't need that image particularly, or poke someone's eye out, that's not sanctified. But when it's used to write, it's sanctified. Likewise, with my glasses also, sometimes I deny the, the need for these, but the reality it is I need these glasses to read. And when they are used to read then they are sanctified. If I'm using them for some other purpose, use your imagination. If I'm using them for something else, they're not sanctified. Sanctified, set apart for the use they were intended. So, spec, service, Tesco, whatever, boots, whatever whatever we go to, you go there, you have your eyes tested, you pay your money, you get your glasses, and then it's up to you to use them for the purpose for which they were intended. If they remain in their glasses case, they are useless, but when they are used, they are sanctified. They're set apart for their proper purpose. So I want us to think in terms of the fact that each and every Christian. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, everyone that's put their trust in God, is is sanctified. It's not measured by how holy you think you are, or how good you've done this week, or how close to God you've been this week, or how Christ-like you've been this week. No, you are sanctified, set apart to God. So Christians, every Christian is sanctified. So I want to read a, a verse using my sanctified glasses. I'm going to read a verse from the Word of God, using the glasses, which is tells us about being sanctified. Now, this. Uh, Corinthians was written to the church, of course, in Corinth, which at that time they were the capital of what, the area which we now call Greece. So Paul's writing to these people that were, they were a bit of a mess, actually, and we'll come to that later. They, they were up to all sorts of no good. So, but he's then, even in spite of that, he's writing to them and he says this to them. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 2. To the church of God in Corinth... Here it is, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere, that's us, who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. So notice how he addresses them. Specifically, he's addressing them to the church at Corinth. And then he broadens it to include Christians everywhere, including Christians people in Life Church in Lancashire this morning, he's addressing us as well. But he, he addresses them specifically and also to us, and he look at how he describes them. He describes them as sanctified, sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be holy. Sanctified, set apart and made holy by the death of Jesus on the cross 2,000 years ago, called to be his holy people. Now that we are sanctified and holy, we're called to live lives that honor God. Now, I want to encourage you with this, right? I want to encourage you, inspire you, inspire you to live a great life and continue to live a great life. But I don't want anyone to feel, well, you know, this is not me, right? This scripture can't apply to me because I'm not that holy right now. I don't feel that sanctified. Well, however you feel, or whatever position you currently have been in, as far as God's concerned, if you love the Lord and you give your life to God and you're a follower of Jesus, you are sanctified. You are made holy. The Greek word translated sanctified means holiness. The Latin word uh, sanctus is holy. And I've forgotten. Uh, the bit that comes at the end, or something like that, means to make. So sanctified means to make holy. So we have been sanctified by the death of Jesus on the cross, and us putting our trust in Jesus, that is how we have been sanctified. So I want you to understand that every Christian, is sanctify, is a sanctified Christian. He's not speaking about people who've got it all sorted out, who, who are mature Christians, who are living great lives. He's actually writing to people who were not that great at that time, but he still calls them sanctified. So the first thing I want us to note is that our sanctification is from God. Me and you, we are not inherently holy. In other words, we've got no holiness inherent in us, naturally in us, that we kind of bring out. It's kind of hidden in there somewhere, so we kind of just bring it out. That's not what he's saying. All the holiness that we have is from God. It's been imputed or placed on us or covered us. God takes away our rubbish, our unholiness, our mess, our rebellion, our selfishness. He takes all of that and replaces it with his holiness. Check that out. Think about that for a moment, that we are holy because of what God has done for us. So, gods he's not writing here, uh, Paul's not writing here, uh, and, and the, the idea is not that if you, live, if you live a great life, then I'll call you holy, or I'll call you sanctified. No, he's saying, in Christ, by trusting Christ, we are sanctified because of that. Every believer is sanctified in Christ, no exceptions Every Christian receives this status because of the person, work of Jesus, not on merit. And every Christian is set apart for a proper use. What God created us to be is who we are called to be by the scripture here that we're reading. So it's all about God. It's Our sanctification sanctification is from God. We are sanctified by him. It's not reliant on our performance. We are sanctified. So a couple of points on that. First of all, our positional sanctification. So let's just think, think about the word. If sanctification word is a kind of freaking you out a bit, let's think about positional. Let's think about our position. We, the Bible refers to us in Christ. So that's our position. Those who believe in Jesus, we are in Christ, what does in Christ mean? Means that we belong to God. Means that we're part of the family. Means that all the rights and privileges that, that uh, we can call on are ours because we are believers. We're Christians. We're part of the family. If you're part of the family, generally you have you have rights uh, that go along with that. If you live in a house where you know your parents have provided a house for you, the food in the fridge, you have a right to access that food, right? So those are kind of the rights and privileges, and sorry to mention food because you're making everyone feeling, thinking about what they're going to eat next. But that's just one example of a right that you might have. Now think about it. If you uh, think about parliament, sorry to bring up politics, but if you think about parliament, we've got the, the government and the opposition. So whatever any of us think about either of those parties, Because of the fact that they are the government, their positional right is to sit on one side of the building. And the opposition just gets what's left. Okay, So it's a positional right. If you go to a football match and you've got your ticket, your your season card or whatever, you have the right to sit in that particular seat. Now you might hanker after sitting in another seat. You might think, well, actually, I quite fancy sitting in the dugout. So if I come really early, I'll sit there before the manager gets there. You know you won't have a right to sit there. You'll get moved. Director's box. Fancy a prawn sandwich. So I'll go in the director's box. But you do not have the positional right to be there. Now, our sanctification positions us... To, ha- to have rights. You are positioned this morning, you sat on a particular seat, but more than that, as a Christian, it's not about being in a building, it's about being a follower of Jesus. As a Christian, you can access those rights. Think about the positional rights. If you go to a wedding reception, you know, if you are invited, you can go along, and generally you, there's, there's maybe a seating plan, perhaps, and it says that you're sitting, uh, depending on how important you're considered, you're sitting in a particular seat. And when you sat there, you're thinking, I really appreciate those guys on the top table have bought me lunch. Thank you. So you're thinking that, but you understand that you don't get to sit on the top table unless you're a mother of the bride or whatever. You don't, it's a positional right. Because of that, you can position yourself in that particular place. So there's something about our position in Christ that makes an extraordinary difference to what we can do. Our status is based on our personal relationship with Jesus. Our freedom from sin, the forgiveness that we've received, is based on the fact that we are in Christ. Our sanctification, in that respect, is personal to us. Paul's not writing to the Corinthian church as, as a kind of a, a grouping in one sense. He's talking to individuals. Sanctification is a personal individual things. It's not a a package deal. It's not something we we can go alongside someone else's sanctification. Some of it might rub off on us. That's not how it works. As Christians, we, each and every one of us, are sanctified in Christ. And we are called to be holy people. We are set apart. Christians are different to people who are not yet Christians because we belong to God. So where are you sitting right now? Well, you, you, know, you hopefully know where you're sitting. You've not know, forgotten where you, where you are this morning. But you know you're on the first row, second row, tenth row, whatever. Wh- s- we all kind of sit where we want to sit or a kind of one or two exceptions. Uh, basically, we can sit where we want. So we, we're, we're sitting there, but it's not where we're sitting in the building. Where are you in Christ? You are seated with Christ, the Bible tells us. That's our positional right, our sanctification. And we're free to live and grow. So that's our positional sanctification. Because of Jesus, we are sanctified. We are made holy. Number two, there is progressive sanctification. So progressive continuous. So once we are, it's complete in itself, our sanctification, in the s- sense that when we become Christians, we are sanctified, it's complete in itself, but it, it progresses. So we become more holy, we become more like Jesus. It's a progression that happens. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 13 says, God chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. In other words, we are chosen to be followers of Jesus and we have been sanctified by the work of the Holy Spirit and by the truth. That's the Word of God. We receive the Word of God. And as we get a greater understanding of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit continues to work on us and we cooperate with that, we are progressively becoming increasingly sanctified. We are becoming more holy, more like Jesus. We'll never be perfect in this life. None of us believe, well I certainly don't believe, in sinless perfection in this life. We all mess up. We all make mistakes. So take the pressure off yourself if you do that and just be quick to put it right with God. But you know, it's so important that we kind of get our heads round that let me read to you a, a scripture because of what God has done for us this is how we live live in Colossians three uh, verse five to ten. Let's read a few scriptures again. Sanctified glasses should have gone to spec servers. Tesco I think but anyway. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things. And these... Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices. They've put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge, in the image of its creator. Imagine how much better the world would be if people didn't get angry. If there was no rage about, if there was no malice, if there was no slander. We're not talking about people... uh, in a bad way. There's no bad language. We're not lying to each other. This is stuff that we have put off. We have chosen to leave that behind. So take it not as a condemnation. Take it not as a, a judgment. Take it as an inspiration to say, I want to live like that because our sanctification affects our behavior. It absolutely has to. Because of what God's done for us, we've got a, a hatred for things that that, that that offend God. When we We know that when we sin, it's offensive to God. God does not appreciate that. God hates that. And and, and thank God that he, He forgives us. But So when we know that, it's got to motivate us to stop living for ourselves and stop living selfish lives, not living lives that bring offense, but to live lives that bring glory to God. When we become aware of that, we want to live the very best that we can. So progressively, we're living holier lives. Progressively, we're becoming more sanctified. It affects our behavior. What we believe should affect how we act, how we live. Out of the mouth always flows what we really believe that's in our hearts. And so when we really believe something, God, I don't want to upset you. I don't don't want to offend you. I I, I don't want to do anything that doesn't bring anything other than glory to you. That motivates me and motivates us to live the best lives we possibly can. We have been sanctified, set apart for proper use. Living as the designer intended us to live. So God created you and me to live lives worthy of our calling. God created you and me to give glory to God. God created you and me to be uh, an, an image, a reflection of something of the goodness of God. God created you and me to be a blessing to other people, not to live a selfish life, but to live an open life, which helps, blesses, ministers to, encourages, brings help and, uh, uh, to, to other people. And the focus of our se- of our sanctification. Now, the progression of that is that we want to live a life that brings glory and honor to God. When you use things as they, what they were created for, they are sanctified. But you know, sometimes our lives can be a bit of a mess and we're not living according to what they should be be like. And you know, the reality was he's writing to these guys at Corinth and they were, this church was a bit of a mess. Some people were showing up Uh, to church, and they were drunk. They were suing each other. They were lying to each other. There were all sorts of nonsense going on in the church, and he he was addressing that. But he doesn't start by telling them off. He starts by telling them who they are. And that's important this morning. If you know who you are, be encouraged to live well. Don't be condemned for, for a mistake, God will forgive you, put it right, move on. But let's remember who we are. We are sanctified in Christ. Let's read that scripture, 2 Thessalonians 2.13 again. God chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, through belief in and through belief in the truth. God has chosen us to do that. We are living as the designer intended us, when we don't live as the designer intended us, there are consequences. We mess up, we hurt ourselves, we hurt other people. Sanctification is our position in God. We are sanctified and it's also progressive. You know, when we fix our attention on Jesus and his holiness, we become like him. We begin to delight in imitating his example, not living for ourselves, but living for Him. That's a process of transformation, becoming more like Jesus, Christ-like, becoming increasingly sanctified. The final point is ultimate sanctification. I don't believe that we are ever perfect in this life. One day when we see Jesus, we will be. We'll become holy. But in the meantime, we're motivated to live well for Him. When we become Christians, we've got all the blessings that God has for us. But you know, the scripture in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 11 tells us what has happened to us. You were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of God. So that was complete in a sense at that moment, that's what's happened to us in that scripture tells us. You were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord. When we put our trust in God, that's our position. And it's progressive. But ultimately, we will not be perfect until we see him. John three 1 John 3, 2. When he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. The process of sanctification will reach its completion when we see Jesus. Perhaps some musicians could join me now. That'd be great. So, when he appears, we shall see him. We shall be like him, for we see him as he is. Our sanctification has initial, progressive, and final phase. We are holy. We are being made increasingly holy, and one day, we'll be like Jesus when we see him. But notice, 2 Corinthians 3.18, which we read last week in Being Christ-like, talks about we are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Note the present and continuous tense. We are being transformed. The process of transformation is an ongoing thing. We look and think, well, I'm not where I was, but I'm not where I want to be. I'm better in, by the grace of God, living well for God compared to where I used to live. But I'm not the person I believe God's created me to be. But that's okay because I'm making a progress. I'm in, on a journey. I'm heading in the right direction. You know, when we're sanctified, it doesn't mean that we'll be sinless, we'll never ever make a mistake again. That's not what the Bible's saying with this. And I want to encourage you, and I want to take any condemnation off people this morning. You feel condemned, you may be messed up, you made a big mistake, whatever that might be. Come on, let's leave that behind us and say, God, thank you that I am sanctified, I am holy, I am set apart. God, thank you for creating me to live life well for you to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus. Sanctification is God's work in us, the work of the Holy Spirit, the work of God, our cooperation, our receptiveness to that. But now we aim to live lives well, that lives that bring honour and glory to God. Sanctification is a part of our process of transformation. You need to, we need to know who we are and whose we are. We belong to God. God's done all this for us. Discover more about us at lifelines.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.